0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: hey gang so i'm getting a lot of questions about daily fantasy what is it how does it work how do i get involved all that jazz so pretty simple if you haven't played it before each and every week throughout the season you can pick a brand new team for that week with a salary cap you have gotta spend within the cap pick your team put it into a contest and uh see how the dice roll for you we have Listener League set up with our friends at DraftKings the At Coombe Show Listener League and each and every week they are dropping in contests, including plenty of free to enter contests where you can go up against your fellow listeners to the show. Me, Propo, the Guru Sandrini. We're going to get lots of our show friends and guests and all pros to drop in teams. We're trying to raise money for charity. You can go and try and win prizes galore. There is a lot of fun to be had. So if you click the link in the show notes for the podcast or you're listening to it or head on over to our social channels at the NC Show, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok now, how about them apples? You can join the league, get involved. Uh, and of course, as always with these things, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. Hello, welcome to the Nat Coombs show, a preview show. To be precise, Shane Vereen in the house, former Patriot, New York Giants, Super Bowl winner. So we'll talk Patriots. they got the Bears this weekend. We'll look at the quarterback situation there. We'll talk a bit of Belichick with him too. Some interesting trade rumors flying around to do with the Bears. We'll talk Bucks, Panthers, his old teammate Tom Brady's had... A difficult week, shall we say. Is there cause for genuine concern with Tampa Bay? Or are they going to be okay? Bucks-Panthers this weekend. We'll look at that as well. Ravens-Browns. What a game that promises to be. We'll talk a bit of 49ers-Chiefs as well. Get some Bengals in. After all, Propo is in the house. So we've got to talk a bit of Bengals. Plenty more besides. We've got lots of good questions from you guys too from the mailbag at the NC Show, incidentally. So get involved throughout the week. If you've got questions for any of our brilliant guests, and we'll do our best to sneak them in during the show, right? Let's get straight down to it and check in with the brilliant Shane Varie. Shane, good to see you, man. Welcome back to the show. You should feel pretty honored right about now. Why, why is that? Explain, explain. This is the first show of the season that we've done together that Ollie has bothered to turn up. <laughs>
0: He's here. I mean, I can't believe it. Propo in the house. <laughs> He's not stuck in traffic. He's not playing golf. He's actually here doing He's his job. For... Well, that's made me go down a little bit. Well, He's, yeah, here. Yeah. He's here. He's here. He's here. <laughs> <laughs> Propo, good to see you. How are we doing?
1: How's it, going? How's it going, everyone? Everyone Good. <laughs> We're fine. Explain like why you've chosen this Shane Vereen episode when there have been so many great episodes with the big man this season to to grace us with your presence proper. Uh, as Shane's already alluded to, and also I've already alluded to on FFS before, uh, mm. this just fit in really well with my golf schedule this week. Oh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> right. that's right. That's it. That's it.
0: He's got his priorities straight, I guess. Apparently,
1: I don't know. apparently, so- who you ask. Hey, you mentioned FFS. That's our, our new fantasy show, Shane. And uh, we're having a lot of fun with our listener league. We, we set up a listener league with the guys at DraftKings. and so basically it's perfect for me because I'm so bad at fantasy, regular fantasy,
0: <laughs> that I could pick a new team every week and I could I just go oh, again. Okay. 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 So I haven't done that type of fantasy. I have, I am in. I have two fantasy teams this year. Mm. How are you getting so- on? And this, well, okay. So this is the hurtful part. The team I drafted, I think we've won two games. The team that was on auto draft because I couldn't <laughs> draft is undefeated. <laughs> I call it great coaching, but uh, you know what yeah. I mean? I it's like know.
1: when the opposition kicker misses a field goal and the coach is clapping. because <laughs> Carlson would say, boy, can I coach? it's yeah. um, <laughs> one of your teams
0: called, or both of them called the Wolverines? One team is called the Wolverines. <laughs> One team that. is called the Wolverines, and we're not still me. undefeated. We're six and zero. Oh. I won I, my five points. That's, that's impressive. Check. Six and zero, oh. uh, Roll hey. undefeated. Rolling yeah. with that. I well, might, we got to get ever. you
1: involved. We'll get you. We'll uh, we'll get you to put a team in in our listener league because basically we have. Oh please. Uh, we have a show listener league, uh, and we'll put the link. I'll put the link in our show notes, so you can join it there or over on Twitter at the NC Show. Uh Lots of we have. Contests every week, free to enter contests. We give merch away, different prizes. But most importantly of all, you can go head to head against me, against the Guru Sandrini, uh, against Ollie, against loads of your show face. So yeah, we'll get a team in.
0: We'll get the, a Wolverine team in, team in soon, and see how you get on <laughs> against. Is this this one of those leagues I have to pay to play or is this just for
1: fun? You can use this just just for fun. You can, uh, you can enter, enter for free. And we are, we're putting in a show team every week and I'm putting in a team every week. The guru Sandrini, our fantasy expert, he picks a show team. We're putting that into different competitions in the DraftKings mix for charity. So if we win all the pot at the end of the season goes to charity. And even though I'm doing, Appallingly badly over on Edge Rush and my true loss. <laughs> we were talking about before we came on air. Uh, I'm doing all right on the fantasy front, so I, I've, uh, I've I've built up a a good bank already for charity. So I've got to keep that streak going. Uh, to, like the, that. There place, you go. So there we'll you get go. involved with that. Hey, speaking of our listeners, we've got loads of questions in for you this week, so we'll do our best to to weave some of those in uh, <laughs> as we look into uh, the weekend's action uh, and those that don't necessarily connect with the game we're going to do. or try and squeeze yeah. those in at the end. How does that sound?
0: And so? and disclaimer: they might have a lot of questions. I have to be honest. I have a lot of questions as well. No, oh, wow. wow, what's what's going on in this NFL this year? <laughs> so <laughs> so many I questions. can't pro- I can't promise that I have all the answers. So a lot of I'm questions do the best that I can because <laughs> there's no some one things to- that I just cannot figure wow. out. I mean, it is it's it's so compelling this season. I
1: think that some yeah. people are saying, looking at, I guess it depends if you're a glass half full, glass half empty kind of guy. Because a lot of people are saying, oh my god, it's so mediocre, and we've got these low scoring games because. There aren't enough strong quarterbacks and the offenses are so middle of the road. I'm looking at it thinking, this is great that we're going to go into week 18 with 96%
0: of the team yeah. still in contention. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Basically, Carolina and Washington. Going to be yeah, there. it's the perfect storm for the for the NFL. They're going to make so much money this year because there's going to be so many games. The problem is that the, the primetime games haven't been nearly as good right. as the games that go on that are not primetime. Right. And so, if you're only watching primetime games, you're going to have a very strange perception of what's going on this season. It's so true. You know, it, but it's such a compelling, like you said, such a competitive season. Mm. I think the talent level is so good. Mm. Um, It's always good in the NFL, but for some reason, I just feel like these younger players are coming in and are are contributing and are better. Um, So I think there's a lot to be excited about. I still have a ton of questions, but I do (laughs) believe that this is going to be one of the the best seasons we've seen in a while. Big time. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And and
1: on that point, if you are solely watching Thursday night football. <laughs> Nothing yeah, I'm else. sorry. I'm oh sorry. <laughs> Amazon, the Amazon execs. It's like the guy that back in the day, there's a guy famously at the whichever American Network carried it initially. I think it was maybe NBC that canceled Baywatch after one season. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it went on to be the most successful show in the history of television. Right, right. But I, I don't think I don't think that guy that canceled base or canceled Baywatch paid eight billion dollars. <laughs> for watch to be on his network, and yeah. Jeff Bezos paid eight billies. So. Oh boy! Uh, oh boy! Yeah. It'll come good for Jeff. I, uh, yeah, he'll r- be fine. Roll
1: with the punches, Jeff. You'll be, you'll be okay. <laughs> uh, let's start with your Patriots uh, first of yeah. all, because there's Perfect. a ton to get into there, and it's a really interesting game for them. Uh, at home at Foxborough against the Bears this weekend. Interesting because it's a very winnable game, and if they do, as they're expected to, go on and, uh, and take that, they're suddenly four and three and, and very much in, in in playoff contention again. Inevitably, given how well Bailey Zappi's played, and the the generation that we're in, where you have one good game and suddenly you know you're an MVP candidate. Right. There's a lot of talk about. Is he the right guy that they should be going forward with? And Matt comes back because he was fairly fast and loose with the ball early on when he uh-huh. was playing before he got injured. And surely there's not going to be any realistic doubt in Belichick's mind, is that when Matt's ready, he's going to roll straight back in?
0: Yeah, um, I think this is all good for Matt Jones. Um, I mm. think the fact that Bailey Zappi is playing well gives Mac Jones more time to heal up properly. So too many right. times, if, you know, a backup comes in and, and is struggling now, we're, now as a player, you're trying to rush yourself back to help your team, but it's so important to take the time it need, you need to get better, to get as close to 100% as possible. So you can be your, your best version for the team. Mm. Um, not every player is afforded that luxury. So when Mac Jones is ready, he will be the starter, but the fact that he can take his time and doesn't have to rush the healing process and can really make sure he can make all the throws and, and really drive off that foot and, and plant that ankle and run and make the cuts that he needs. Um, that is a luxury that not a lot of players are afforded to have. Mm -hmm. So I don't think Mac Jones is back this week. I honestly don't even think he needs to come back before the bye week. They have Chicago, the Jets, and the Colts before Mm. the, and then they go on a bye week. Will he come back before the bye week? I would hope so, at least one or two games before the bye week, but definitely not this week. And I think next week is still kind of up in the air. A high ankle sprain is, it's, it's easier. This, they say this, it's easier to come back from almost a, a fracture or a break than it is from a high ankle sprain. Really? It's just yes, because the tendons and the muscles take longer to heal than a bone does. Mm. When when it's a, when it's specifically a high ankle sprain, um, that's not with every injury, but typically bone bone injuries or bone breaks are easier Can to come cut, back yeah. from. Yeah, than than muscle tears or mm. tendon tears. Or stuff like makes that makes sense. It makes yeah. sense.
1: Entirely logical. That is it's interesting and a great point you make on on his health. A Fuad's one of our listeners actually that's got in touch on the on the Zappy Mac conundrum and uh, uh, has referenced you know Mac as soon as he's healthy is he is he coming back? Just on Belichick. And you've talked to before, I think, about the fact that even though Belichick is known as a, as a defensive mind, a defensive guru, he has a pretty strong grasp on on every side of the game, right? I mean, special teams, of course, has been his MO for uh, investing in it and, and spending time on it for uh, as far back as, as, as we can remember. But you've talked about the fact he's got a very strong grasp on offense as well. So when he's looking, and particularly the Patricia judge scenario coming into this season that was a point you made what in terms of day-to-day interaction does belichick have have with his quarterbacks how close from your experience when you were there i mean i guess with brady who's
0: a very strong strong uh uh, and and tight bind he he knows exactly he knows everything that's going on on the offensive side of the ball Mm. um he might not be in those meeting rooms Um, But he knows everything that's going on. He knows everything about the game plan. And it's so interesting because on the offensive side, we would rarely see him in our meeting room or in the offensive team room. Mm -hmm. But we go to practice and if something's a little off or a little out of whack, he's the first one that'll pull a player aside and just talk to him or say something just out of nowhere. Um, it could have been a good play. He didn't like it for a certain reason. He'll make us rerun the play. So he's, he's very in tune with everything that's going on on the offensive side of the ball. Um, is he like he's
1: impresses when he's giving you that feedback? So is he kind of like very calm and dry and
0: just, or is he quite you know, more animated? It's it's more calm and dry um, it's more just, let me just talk to you. This is what you're not doing well. And this is what we need to see from you. Or it's, that was a good play. We need to see more of that from you. Or, you know, maybe you read something wrong. Maybe your key was off by one player or one gap and he'll be like, okay, I see what you did. I see what you saw. But if you press it to this gap as a running back, you press it to this gap, you're going to force the linebackers and the defensive line to shift over and cover that gap. And now you ha- now you create the, um, the back cut. The cutback, I should say. Mm. Um, and so he's very in tune with everything. There are times where he will rip your head off and that's okay. Like we're <laughs> men, we can take it, right? It's fine. But you um, see, I love that. I love that. It's like any <laughs> any good parent knows this. If you're just
1: constantly shouting and screaming, yeah. it just dilutes yeah. the impact almost immediately. But exactly. Drop it it's, when you need to. Yeah, um, exactly. Did you see, incidentally, did you see the um, the rookie, Brandon Schuller, Schuller? The rookie made the play in the game. Oh, and handed the ball and to the ball to <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Um, he'll rethink that. <laughs> he should rethink that. I'd <laughs> love to take that
1: back. So, okay. Um, in terms of a, a question that came up on our Monday show, actually, and, and bringing this back to the Patriots in particular, and but other quarterbacks as well, we're seeing a number of different things with the passing game, not least that it's not nearly as prolific as, as it has been. And there, and there are different reasons for that, but keeping this specific to the Patriots for the time being last season, there was a simplicity offensively f- for the Patriots Mac in his rookie season. And that, and that worked very well. And clearly they have simplified things for Zappi coming in and that has worked very well. So is this something that you feel is going to be a problem for quarterbacks uh, and teams with quarterbacks like that that are essentially limited, capable and fluent, but but ultimately limited going forwards into the deep waters of, of the playoffs.
0: Yeah. You know, yes, I, I think at certain places and certain organizations that, that will be that will be a, a problem that you have to overcome, or some adversity that a specific player might have to overcome. It, specifically with the Patriots, what they've what I've always loved about the way that they coach and the way that they go about their game plans is they don't ask players to do things that any specific player isn't good at or um, isn't comfortable doing. They, they're they not going to ask me to run a route that I'm not comfortable doing or a run that hasn't worked. In practice maybe it's the offensive line not not seeing it maybe it's the running back not seeing it maybe it's the quarterback not checking to the right play Mm -hmm. well if we can't get it right in practice we're definitely not calling it in the game and that's not that's not um something that every team does i've been on teams where plays don't work in in practice but the coach believes in it and we call it in a game and Mm -hmm. it doesn't work you know, and it it's, it's and if you such give that feedback, thought, Shane. So
1: if you're in training yeah. and, you're, and you're trying that plan, you give the feedback and you can you were you allowed to
0: enable to say I'm not comfortable with this, it just doesn't feel Absol- right. I, absolutely and wow. as soon as if my coach like cause they'll you know, coaches they see you every day. They they see you in the offseason, they, they see you during camp and then they see you in the season, so they get a really good sense of who you are as a player. Uh, And so when they see you struggling with something or maybe not making the cut that you did last week, they they ask you like, okay, what aren't you seeing in this play? Mm -hmm. Why isn't this working? And sometimes it's as simple as I'm just not comfortable. I don't, I'm not, I'm unsure what this tackle is going to do. I'm unsure if the guard and tackle combo are going to get up to the backer. I just don't have a lot of faith in it. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's fine. Plays out. We just won't call it because yeah. if we, if we don't, if we don't have success in it in practice, mm-hmm. what makes us think we can take that to the game and have success? Mm. Yeah. That is really interesting. And I, I didn't realize
1: actually just how transparent you were allowed to be in in, in that situation. One more on the Pats, because we've got a, a ton to get into um, just the, the front office and, and, Belichick in GM mode. He, Cause he's taken yeah. quite a lot of criticism in, in recent years for his recruitment, yeah. but this current crop, you've obviously got Zappi. He's, he's, Looks like an absolute steal. Thornton, Cole Strange, Jack Jones as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's a really good crop. And I guess it also builds uh, a really positive foundation. Because last year, they uh, overperformed, I think, by many people's expectations. I think a lot of people felt this was the first year of a transitional phase for the Patriots. And is Belichick going to like with Pete Carroll in Seattle, you know, is he going to stick around for another five years in a rebuild, but actually, I mean, they could be in the playoffs this year and it looks like they've got the foundation for a, a really strong side for, for the next few years.
0: Yeah. They're, they're coming around. Um And, you know, I think to a lot of people's surprise, you know, they look very respectable. They look better than teams. That shouldn't that should look better, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like the Broncos or the Cardinals, the Patriots offense is is much more effective than those offenses, and you wouldn't expect that coming into this season. So as much as I was questioning, you know, not having an offensive coordinator, what I always did say though, was that there's so much experience with in that coaching staff that they're gonna get players in the right positions. Mm-hmm. Um they're they're gonna understand defenses they're gonna they've been around football for a number of seasons a number of years and that means something and clearly we're seeing what it looks like I mean they're three and three right now and, and had a terrible time with the running back room but Ramondre Stevenson has stepped up like you said Thornton has stepped up the offensive line has stepped up and that's what it takes you need depth you need everybody to come together on one day a week mm-hmm. and go win a football game yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's
0: uh, the the future's looking bright for further the Pats, and then you
1: mentioned that run into the bye, or that, that run to the buy. I mean, they could win all of those conceivably and mm-hmm. be sitting there what six and three at the buy. And who'd have yeah. thunk that, huh? Uh, yeah. Actually, think it's is is the best this weekend. Just a quick take on on Justin Fields, if we can go there, because I mean, yeah. Uh, talk if you look at Mac's situation last year as a as a in contrast, just how how good a landing spot that was for a, for a rookie quarterback to be in a field is had a difficult start. It's parlayed into even worse. He's not, he's barely got anything around him, Right. And yeah. yet he's being judged on that. It seems, is there a danger that he could be one of those quarterbacks, despite his obvious talent mm-hmm. that is
0: in a David Carr kind of situation where it's, it doesn't matter what you do, you can't win this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's, a, and that's unfortunate. Cause like you said, he's extremely talented. Um, in a lot of different areas in, you know, in football or in his game. Mm. So, yeah. And that was one of my biggest fears for Justin Fields. Uh, He had a rocky start, a rocky start to his career last year. Um, Not really much around him. And then it's kind of continuing this year. Now, granted they're winning more games. (laughs) I know it's only two, but (laughs) that's more than (laughs) that's more than they had at this point in the season last year. Right. And so it's gonna. I just the my biggest fear is that his development for Justin Fields, his development is going to take a hit mm-hmm. because he doesn't have much to rely on. Um, he can't. Does he trust the offensive line? It doesn't look like it. Does he trust his receivers? It doesn't look like it. So the only person he can really trust is like it's himself and and a couple running backs right now, mm-hmm. and that's that's going to stall the progression it's going to stall the improvement in his game just because he's so young and he's only played so much football. Now the good thing that can come of it is if he ever is on a team surrounded by playmakers or or guys that can really help him, he's been through the worst Mm. and he knows what the worst is. And now he's got help and now he can kind of see the light and elevate his game that's what you hope for. That's what I'm crossing my fingers <laughs> for. No, that's Cause awesome. I'm a big, I'm a big Justin Fields fan. I yeah, think me too. Be very, very good in this league.
1: Yeah. Uh, me too. And and I kind of think uh, two things on that. The, firstly, if it doesn't play out for him and maybe he even has to go somewhere and, and bounce into a backup gig for a bit, you right. look at the success Marcus Mariota is having in, uh, in Atlanta at, at a, Good example of absolutely the right situation for all kinds of reasons. And and of course, different kind of player, but Hill, when he got bounced out of Miami and backup gig and, and rolled in. So it doesn't mean that he's never going to be a starter um, if he, if it doesn't work out for him here. The other thing you say, you know, this is as bad as it can get. <laughs> Hold my beer, Shane Vereen, because it's close. <laughs> uh, we'll just wait. A lot of news stories suggesting that David Montgomery might be on the, the trade block here. Of course, the deadline coming up uh yeah. imminently, and the Bears might be fire sailing and 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 dealing pieces to to build uh because they've got so many holes to to fill. Uh Bill Barnwell has suggested that Montgomery to the Ravens would be a good fit, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, also would. liked um same piece Barnwell talked about Robert Quinn to the Rams, which I think is a really interesting uh interesting mm. Suggestion as well. So the best, the best might be getting is it a fire sale in they Chicago? Right? just getting rid of everybody. <laughs> oh, you, you God. Justin Fields is at rock bottom. I think, uh, I think uh, yeah, that is, that is so absolutely.
0: tough for any player in, in that type of situation where you're not yeah. winning. So you're already frustrated and then you, you can see the organization already planning for next year by getting rid of players or securing draft picks or you know, just you can tell that, that they're or maybe saving cap space. It might just mm. be that getting ready for the next season. Yeah, that, it, it, that is so tough for a player because you see it, even though you love the game and you want to go out there, you see that other things are in motion that you have no control over. And mm-hmm. clearly the upper the upper management, if you will, the upper office. It, when they make moves like that, it feels as though. They don't have faith or trust in you, mm. and that is that is a very tough thing. I mean, football is already hard enough, so when you add that distraction as well, it, it just it just amplifies everything. You know, one of the things on that note that's always fascinated me is
1: when when a, a player, I mean, this is Belichickian, right? When a player at his peak. And so Belichick's looking at it and thinking, okay, well, the next three to five years, JC Jackson's a probably good example of this, maybe. But yeah. I mean, there are loads of examples of, of him. Was
0: it Lawyer Malloy originally, the first player he did that with over the years that he did it yeah. with Asante Samuel? Samuel Law, yeah. Lawyer Malloy. Yeah. Um Richard Seymour, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a list. Of <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I get the, that's his,
1: you know, that's his economics and and the way that he, he, he runs things and clearly it's worked, works pretty well for Belichick, but there are times when you will see a player who's at the peak of his powers getting dealt, um, which divides fans. A lot of the fans, most fans, I guess, yeah. don't really understand it and don't like it. But have you been ever been in a situation where a colleague, you know, a teammate or even just a mate of yours on a different team was dealt because it was the right time for for him to be dealt, and you're thinking, and the, he was thinking, "What the hell just happened? I'm
0: I'm one of the star players here." Yeah, uh, it's it's happened every season. Um, every I think season. The one, yeah, <laughs> I think the one, and and that's not just with the Patriots. That was every season I ever played. Mm. I, I think the one that um, was the toughest for me. Let me think. I, I would say there was an offensive lineman with the Patriots. Uh, Logan Mankins. Yeah, sure. Uh, was a pro bowler, he was an all-pro and he was like the enforcer on the offensive line. <laughs> and as a young running back, he was like my safety. So mm-hmm. if something wasn't going right, I would just run behind Logan and <laughs> I, would le- I would at least I would at least yeah. get like 2-3 yards, right? Yeah. And he was the one that would talk the crap. He was he was the one that would if, if somebody got cheap shot, he's picking you up off the ground and then he's going after the defensive guy. <laughs> he, right. Like every like you need that type of that type of guy on an offensive line and mm-hmm. running backs and quarterbacks love those type of guys. And he was he was the premier like teammate. He was so great in the locker room four weeks, five weeks into the season. We go out to practice and like I hear people like talking on the side. I'm like, what's going on? They're like, where's Logan Mankins? And then another person chimed in and was like, well, uh, they just traded him. And I was like, everybody was like, what? And it got to a point to where before we even started practice, um, coach Bilichek brought us up and told us the situation and what was going on. Mm. And not many people agreed with it, Mm. but what are you going to do? You know, um, did so anyone it, it, was anyone yeah. dissent like when Belichick had the team talk? Was anyone like, did anyone kick up? I guess the 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 leaders in the locker room are allowed to have their voice, right? So correct, yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think every like at some point, I went up and talked to the leaders and just mm. tried to understand the situation a little bit more. Um, but the biggest thing you have to understand is, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a business, mm. and sometimes. Business doesn't always work out with what you feel as a player. Um, they're looking at a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. We're looking at each day, just trying to get through each day and just trying right. to get through each game and just trying to be as successful as possible. But you have to have somebody to look at the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you lost your guy, man. That must be tough. and just like
1: that as well. Like Just we like Rock that. up one day, he's gone. And he
0: was playing well. It's not like he did anything wrong.
1: Yeah. You know, it's just... This is- that is the, that's the key for me, as I say, always fascinated when a player gets dealt at the peak of their power. I mean, I get it, but it always always fascinates me. Okay, let's go th- to Twitter at the NC Show. Uh, loads of you have got in touch. Uh, Andy G, shout out to Andy G. He asked Tom Brady not traveling with the team because he wanted to go to the craft oh, wedding. That was a cool I song. knew this was coming. All right. <laughs> oh, oh I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm going to go with Andy's question, which was which is a good one, I think. Would he've got away with that under Belichick? No.
0: What no. would have happened? He just wouldn't have done it, or he would have done it, and then it'd have been World War three. He would. I don't think he would have done it. I don't think. I don't think Tom would have would have gone if he wasn't granted permission to go. Right. Regardless of who he's playing for. So you know, um, you know asked and it would have been no, no chance. Yeah, exactly. I think he would have asked, but I think, you know, respectfully. The answer would have been no, <laughs> um, and yeah, that's it's it's very confusing. That's one of the things that I do not have an answer for. Yeah, for right that's what. All of the I many, know is yeah. that that would not happen uh, if Coach Belichick uh, was his coach.
1: Yeah, you know a lot. Of, at that. A lot. Very diplomatic. A lot of people have made uh, a big point of Brady kicking off with his offensive line last week. Uh, I I. I don't know about you. I don't have a problem with that at all. The, the I, I, and I don't. He's got previous, and this is. I mean, Brady's kicked off with Belichick on the sidelines. Let alone let alone his teammates, right? So it's not as if this is people are saying, "Oh, look at Brady's coming off the rails," and this is another example, and not looking at the the history here that he's not, he's yeah. often been that kind of player. And you've obviously played with him, so I, I guess that didn't surprise you either. What for me is more concerning, really, is the overall offensive output and looking at something we have to do so many times through the season. And just on on this point, you were brilliant early doors when Dak went down and I've been shouting your name from the rooftops uh, across (laughs) London. I appreciate it you were the sole voice everybody (laughs) calm down call your jets because the cowboys are going to be fine their season isn't done because everybody said oh my god their season's done and look what look what happened so bearing that in mind channeling that energy everyone is saying well this bucks team is done now brady's done and the offense is done he's had there are five games out of six this season where he's thrown only one touchdown or less they can't get going yeah. But we've seen this story before with Brady at the Bucks, right? Where they've just taken a while to get going and then everything yeah. locked in. I know the line is obviously a problem. We knew it was going to be a problem, right? The line uh, right. going into the season. How Actually, yeah, one, one hot take this week was saying that Brady is, even though the line actually protected him quite well on Sunday, he's still assuming they won't and is releasing the ball too quickly that that's what somebody was saying and uh, just all of these swirling takes on brady and the bucks and they're done yeah. i'm feeling that we're going to get to
0: january and the bucks are going to be right in there <laughs> that's what i think what about they you? are they are they're going to find a way to get in there. Um, you said something about their offense mm. um, when you when you were just speaking. I forget what you, I forget the word you said, but it, it was in lieu of like offensive production. And my first reaction was what offensive production? Because mm. there hasn't <laughs> been any, in my opinion, yeah. not to the standard that it should be, not with this type of offense, not with the weapons that they have, not with just how good this offense can be. The, if I can be positive about this situation for Tampa mm. and their offense, is that, they haven't shown up yet and they haven't played their, they haven't played their best football and they're still three and three. Right. So that is some that is, that's impressive Mm. in a sense, because if you can still win games with this lackluster performances, with the lackluster performances that they have had, then once it kicks in and once it starts to click, they're going to, they're going to win. They're going to be good. They're going to be around in January. Now it could not click, but, I think that this team has the coaching staff from Tom Brady to Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich. Everybody involved has they they're they're going to know how to get this thing going, and eventually it's going to click for them. Mm. The impressive thing is that it hasn't clicked, and they're still three and three, three and three, France. top it, top of the South. <laughs> just right. just
1: yeah. make it and and got and they've got the Bucks this weekend and the Panthers this weekend, of course, which is uh, as Propo is saying. Uh, the perfect landing spot for them. I mean, it it, it, is. I mean, Mm -hmm. with Robbie Anderson now gone, that was interesting. Anderson kicking off the right. Anderson to the Cardinals. It's a, they're even shorter stack than they were. I mean, you never know. McCaffrey might've been dealt before, (laughs) before the weekend. I mean, messy for the Panthers. So that this is a, is a, is a good get right spot for them, isn't it?
0: Yeah. It's, it's a good get right spot. It's a, it's a divisional game that they can win. Um, Divisional games kind of count as two. Yeah. Um, You know, Carolina, no more head coach. Uh, Like you said, Robbie Anderson, it just seems or things are dysfunctional in Carolina. This is a good game for them to gain some confidence or find some confidence. Um, This NFC South is interesting. Mm. I had the Saints winning everything. I was so big on the Saints. I probably (laughs) said it on this show. I've said it on every show (laughs) up until like week three. And then I was like, what did I say? Um, Mm -hmm. So this is a very winnable game. And you're right. It's a game to gain confidence, get a good win, get a good divisional win and put the last few weeks kind of behind you.
1: Big time. And you look at, and you make a great point about the, the divisional matchups and, and the relative weakness of the division as well, because they've got the Panthers again, after this weekend, they've got the saints uh, one more time, the Falcons too. So, uh, and, and in between there as well, they've got teams like the Browns pre the Watson coming back the seahawks sure they're showing a lot of fight but that's winnable the rams are not you know so they could be more than comfortably 11 and 6 12 and 5 i reckon um we'll yeah, say 11 some, somewhere in, the, in there yeah,
0: somewhere in there i mean baltimore uh they could possibly lose that game yeah that's a tough one yeah if the rams offense shows up they could lose that game i don't know but you're right they're going to have a respectable record at the end of the season and they'll be in the playoffs yeah, yeah, they will. And then no uh, matter um, how you slice it, I'm looking at it right now. Um, Seattle, they should be fine. Cleveland, we'll see. Saints again, the Niners who are playing well. Bengals, it's Cardinals, Carolina. So Cardinals, in Atlanta yeah. to end it, I, I I see them in the playoffs. I, I see them like you said, eleven and six, 12 and five. Yeah, and uh, when they're at the dance, we all know what can happen there
1: uh, mm-hmm. with Brady and what we assume is going to be his last year. So I think if we're looking at Motivation that uh, that is a reasonable suggestion that he's going to be, I guess, fairly fairly driven, fairly up for it. If they yeah. get <laughs> they get to the yes. playoffs, You know the Robbie Anderson thing. Have You ever seen anything like that? I mean, was his, was that overblown a bit by um, by the media? Because it, you know we see players kicking off on the sidelines. Yeah. Well, did he take it a yeah. level too far?
0: Well, do, do you, did you ever did you ever see an explanation of what exactly happened? No, I've only seen the footage. So. Yeah. So it, it's tough, to, it, and I saw the footage. It's it's tough to judge. Um, maybe I, I think it could. It clearly was frustration. Yeah. Um, it's just who was he frustrated at? His position coach? Was he frustrated at the offensive coordinator? Was he frustrated at the head coach? Mm. Who did he piss off? And who pissed him off? So I have more questions than answers on that one. But <laughs> right, it's not the first time it's happened. Uh, it's happened before, and it, it's unfortunate. You know, maybe he can go to the Cardinals and, and you know, help them. But it's very – I don't know. You don't see it very often, mm. but it has happened. But it's it, – it it seems as though it doesn't get to that point during the game unless unless it's been like a couple of weeks of that player acting out or acting out in quotations or feeling a certain way. Mm. And, at, and his attitude might have changed over the last few weeks. I, I think it just came to a boiling point. I don't yeah. think – it, he came into that game happy yeah and yeah. you rarely see that exactly
1: in a successful team that that kind of right. thing doesn't happen right Correct. unless you're antonio brown <laughs> 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 the yeah well you see, anyway he's now a cardinal so uh yeah yeah things uh things are looking up for him let's talk ravens browns another key matchup this weekend the ravens are a fascinating crew and probably going back to your opening gambit shane about more questions than answers but Right. How the hell did they lose that game against the Giants? We were joking about it before we started recording because uh, they were my Drew Lock of the week, of course. The Ravens are now <laughs> 0-6 on the my Drew Locks of the week. And it, I mean, you couldn't make it up. They were 10 points up in the fourth quarter. I don't yeah. think Lamar's ever thrown an in interception against the Giants. I mean, everything that went wrong could go wrong. And it's now the third game this season that they've held a double-digit lead and lost. So what does that, yeah. what does that tell you? To go ahead, it's the, it's the Ravens side that when they would get a
0: two-score lead, it was so hard to claw back. Correct. Um, you know, when you see, because both, all three games they lost, they in my opinion, they should have won. They had double-digit leads in the NFL, you have a double-digit lead. You should be winning that foot. You should win that football game. Um, definitely not through six weeks. They've lost three of those football games. Wow. So it's tough. Like, is it the defense not stopping the the other team or is it the offense getting a comfortable lead and then taking their foot off the gas? Regardless, both sides of the football are taking their foot off the gas once they get a comfortable lead. Mm. Um, it's hard. No, I, I, I want to say it is, but, coach Harbaugh is a, is a very good coach. Mm. So that's the, that's my only pullback on saying it's coaching because coach Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in the NFL and he's, he wouldn't allow that. So I'm just, I wish I could be a fly on the wall in their meeting rooms and just understand exactly where they feel as though as a team that they're not performing as well. And I, if I know coach Harbaugh the way I think I do, Um, I think he, he's not going to blame one side of the football. He's not going to blame one specific, one specific person. Mm. I think he's going to ask the entire team to play better. Mm. Like we're in, we're, when, when you're losing those type of games, it typically comes down to like one or two plays in the third quarter that you don't feel are big plays. But then once you get to the fourth quarter, now you're looking back, like, Dang, mm. those two mistakes in the third quarter are really put us in a bad situation. Right.
1: If we so could it's more, that down, if we punched him or in the red zone is to settle for the Right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Exactly. If we would have gone for it on fourth and one yeah. or fourth and inches instead of yeah. punting it or instead of, you know, do kicking a field goal, like you said. Um, so I uh, you know, I, I think it just I think it's tough to really pinpoint it because I honestly believe that the Ravens are one of the better teams. I think they're one of the mm. top three teams in the league, regardless of their record. I think yeah. they're that good right now. They're so let's not winning. Let's
1: drill down on that. Cause I I, I kind of agree with you, but the, where I was getting at with the quarterback uh, question earlier was something that came up on, on the Monday show uh, with all of these like Cooper rush, we've talked about as well. All of these players that are, are solid and, and doing, and I don't mean this damning with faint praise to say, Hey, they're doing a really good job in limited situations circumstances but that's basically what a lot a lot even going all the way up to a player like Garoppolo he's maybe the the prototype of this right there is a a, a ceiling with a quarterback like that and yeah. do you need an x-factor when you're in a divisional game a championship game or a, a super bowl that those those players can't give you and and sometimes that doesn't matter right sometimes you have okay. like the broncos with end of era Peyton. And, you know, I don't know, he gave right. all, all kinds of other stuff on on the field, but in terms of capability, it, it didn't matter because the defense was so good. And there's the right. Dilfer Ravens. There are outliers and exceptions to the rule, but generally you need that X factor quarterback. So it, all of those teams that the Giants and Daniel Jones, all of those teams that are around and solid right now will hit, hit a bit of a ceiling. Does the same argument apply with a team like the Ravens Given the and the Packers, I guess as well, you can extend this to yeah. with their respective receiving cores. Now the Packers from day one of this season were really worried about the Packers receivers, and it seems to be uh, one of those hot takes that is a is a genuine problem. But the Ravens,
0: it seems to be a big problem. Like it's it's Andrews and not much else going yeah. on. I, I was really hoping Rashad Bateman was gonna was gonna. Right. I mean, he he flashed in a couple of games. Yeah. Um, but just not consistent enough. And I think it's more consistency than anything when you're looking at these receiver cores that aren't really performing to the level that you expected. It's not that they can't, it's not that they're not good, it's not that they're not athletic or not able. Mm. It's just consistently doing it week in and week out, practice in, practice out. And when you don't have that consistency, it's tough for an offense to operate because without consistency, you get question marks. Are you going to run the route right this time? Are you going to sit down where you're supposed to? Are you going to, are we reading the same thing? Mm -hmm. Are you seeing the blitz and you're, and you're the hot receiver? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so it's the consistency. I think when, when you see these, these receiver groups that just, aren't performing yet, you know, cause you've seen flashes that they can perform. Right. Um, and and I think that's what's going on in Baltimore. Um, I think they'll be fine. I'm not, I, if I was a Baltimore fan, I wouldn't be very worried. Mm. Um, cause even with all the dysfunction that we see, Lamar Jackson's still, you know, 61%, 62% completion percentage and over 1200 yards, 13 touchdowns, you know, yeah. I mean, he could do without six interceptions. I get that. Um, but at the same time, how many of those interceptions were his fault? How many mm. interceptions was a miscommunication? How many of those interceptions was the ball dropped and then somebody picked it off? Mm. So, um, you know, granted that the last interception against the Giants, that was all Lamar. That, that was just terrible. And he knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, it's it's not forcing things because <clears throat> a lot of times when the offense isn't performing the way you want it to, you start to force And you start to force passes and you start to force plays that aren't there and bad things happen, you know? So it's more, just be more consistent.
1: You you said something a few times coming on the show that is, that has really resonated with me about the threat of the run and and talking about the running game. And you don't necessarily have to have a prolific running game when all's said and done in terms of output, as long as there's threats there, as long as they think you're going to go with it. And, They've signed Deshaun Jackson, and I wonder if that is the kind of signing that is going to just loosen the pressure a bit on on the passing game because you've got that kind of threat that there is yeah. that danger there because there are I was hearing this argument about the Ravens that because there isn't a threat that anyone like Duvernay uh, and Co are gonna gonna take the lid off that that then obviously impacts how the defense are playing. Yeah, Andrews is yeah. getting doubled as well. Right. And so adding a piece, even if Jackson doesn't ultimately add a huge amount in terms of he, you know, goes for 800 yards and 10 touchdowns for the rest of the season or whatever right. it might be just the threat of him there.
0: It could yeah. be, could be enough. Well, the threat of him there um, just because of all the success the success that he's had in this league, you have to respect him as a threat mm. and you have to account for him. And that alone already now is taking eyes and pressure off of um, Mark Andrews. Mm -hmm. Um, not only that Deshaun Jackson has played a lot of football. He understands coverages. He understands where to be, when to be there. So much of the timing issues. Um, he knows how to work through those things. And so because of his, his knowledge of the game, he's already a couple steps ahead and he's Mm going to be better. He will help this offense for sure. Talk us through the the comparative running games uh, with
1: the Ravens and the Browns. They're two of the best in the business, but they're very differently built, yeah. aren't they? The Browns, number one in numbers right now. And they've got, of course, that heavyweight tandem, but also a brilliant offensive line. Whereas the Ravens, it's more about Lamar's individual talent, particularly, uh, yeah. and, and, and his improvisation. Talk us through the
0: the difference in rushing attacks. Yeah, Um the Browns just line up and run the football <laughs> and they, and just, just, and they, they dare the defense to stop it. And there haven't been many defenses that can stop Nick Chubb since he got into the league. Mm-hmm. So we know you're going to run the ball or as an offense, we know that we know that the defense knows that we're going to run the ball, but can you stop it? And they can't. And there's a lot of confidence um, that is that, that the offense receives because of that mm-hmm. um, on the flip side um, with, with the Ravens, it's more of can the def- we're going to force the defense to account for every single person, and that's tough on a defense. Um, when you have to account for the quarterback, the defense has to change responsibilities because you're not playing Lamar Jackson every week. You don't practice for Lamar Jackson every week, and your defensive schemes and defensive rules change for one week, and that's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, when you've been playing pocket passers or quarterbacks that you don't really need to spy or you don't need to account for, they don't run the zone read. Um, You don't have to worry about Lamar getting, you don't have to worry about a quarterback getting out of the pocket and you can't catch him mm-hmm. one, but one week a season you have to worry about that, you, do, yeah. you know, and, and that, and that's tough. That that's, that's very tough on a defense. And I think they do a great job of scheming their run game and how they go about their run game. It's not very complicated, but it's just, complicated enough to cause doubt and hesitation in a defense specifically the linebackers mm-hmm. um if you can cause a linebacker to pause or wait for like a uh, half a second just to think you already won and yeah that's the that's the at least a positive gain yeah really really
1: interesting just on the browns are going to go to twitter again uh shout out to steve appreciate this steve Could the Browns capitulation? I mean, extra points for dropping capitulation on a Wednesday afternoon. Could the Browns? Did he spell it right? I don't even spell it. Bashing a bag on the money there. (laughs) Could the Browns capitulation? Oli, had we had to look it up just to understand the question. Uh, Could the Browns capitulation, fueled by Haslam's blindness, end in absolute freefall? No draft capital, repeatedly poor play calling, a defense under Joe Woods that is thirty-first in the league. Uh, team, the team is playing with zero. Uh, one of my favorite words, simpatico. He drops. <laughs> I've got. There's a thing going on that I have to give five pounds every time I use the word simpatico. <laughs> there's, there's ten pounds going to our, cha- our charity pot at the end of <laughs> Yeah. So I love that, Steve. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, this could be. I mean, the the moment the Sean Watson deal was signed, there was. I mean, a lot. I know a lot of Browns fans that were deeply unhappy about that for fairly obvious reasons, but. There was also a sense that this could be a disaster this could be Uh one of those situations that just sends the browns once again into to to borrow steve's phrase into free fall or do you think the way they've rallied given uh given the adversity and and, the absence of um of watson that actually as long as they're kind of in contention in this season of all seasons right that he can come back in and completely change the trajectory
0: of the franchise yeah, you know, like like we said earlier, I don't think any team is gonna be out of it uh maybe until like week fifteen. And those are for the really bad teams. I don't think the I think the Browns will be in it through through week 18. Um it's tough though, because they're two and four in a very competitive division. Um I'm looking at their schedule and it's good. I mean, they don't get uh Deshaun Watson back for still another six weeks. Yeah. Five, six weeks. And what shape is he going to be in?
1: Is there an assumption yeah. he's going to be
0: in and like MVP Deshaun Watson from he's day not, one? I, I, there, there's no way you can be um, after new taking offense. this much time off. A new offense. I mean, I know he understands the offense. He was there during camp and all that. Mm. That's a very good question. I never really looked at it like that. Um, because I could make an argument that, yes, they are about to down a free fall. I could also make the argument that they'll rebound because of the talent that they have on their roster. Mm. Um, it's one of those, you got to kind of got to wait and see. Um, these next two weeks are big games for them, both at Baltimore, yeah. Cincinnati at home. And then they have a bye week. Yeah. It, they, they they need to find a way to win. If not both, at yeah, least split one yeah. of those
1: games. Right. Yeah. That's a great shout because if, yeah, mm. i divisional as well, big time. The Because they're running out of time and there's a couple more of games I want to get your take on quickly, your teams anyway, okay. and, and then we've got a few more on Twitter. So it's 49ers Chiefs. The 49ers obviously heavily banged up and, and this seems yeah. to be their MO, right? If dysfunction is the the Browns song so then then uh, injury uh, is the, the 49ers. Every time they seem to get derailed by injury. Interesting Spot for the Chiefs then, because when they're rolling, they're rolling; when they're struggling, they're struggling. It's very Jekyll and Hyde. Paradoxically, despite the fact that the offense is far more composed and methodical and balanced than it maybe it has been in recent years, right? So the numbers underpin this. Uh, Propo, shout out to you for putting these together. Thirty-five point five per game when they win in their four wins this season, 18 and a half in their two losses. So how do you see this matchup going? A banged up 49ers D up against a, a Jekyll and Hyde chiefs offense.
0: So the games in San Francisco, um, that, wow. Uh, how, uh, the, I still think the Niners are going to win. I, I think I, th- I still have faith in their defense. Their defense has, has gotten to the quarterback in every single game that they have played. Um, Kyle Shanahan and that offense is going to scheme something up that's going to make it extremely tough on Kansas City defensively. The tough thing about Kansas City, their defense is effective, but they're Mm. predictable in what they do. It's just they line up and can you beat us? Almost like the flip side of what uh Cleveland does on offense. Mm. So you know what Kansas City is going to do on defense. It's just a matter of if you can beat it. And I think San Francisco will find ways to beat that offensively and make up for the losses that they have on defense. Mm. They could have Bosa back. Uh we're recording this Wednesday afternoon.
1: So take a closer look at that. But Bosa could be back. Trent Williams as well. They're two names yeah. uh that could be back uh for them on either side of the ball. Uh where are the Chiefs? You got Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, then everybody else in your power rankings right now.
0: Hmm. I, I would have the Chiefs. I would definitely have the Bills. I would have the Eagles. You gotta, you gotta respect that they're doing a Philly. I Giants? really want. I really want to <laughs> say the Giants, but no, I can't. I really want to, but I can't. <laughs> I also want to say the Ravens, but I can't. Yeah, for different so, reasons, right? Yeah, Giants- I guess. I guess as we sit here today on Wednesday, October nineteenth, mm-hmm. those are the those are the top three teams. Yeah, the top three. So you're yeah. sl- so sneaky uh, for different reasons. So the the
1: Ravens, as we said, because they're um, throwing games away, but that should level up. The Giants, can they keep that rolling? Do you think? You, I mean, I, I know you got a lot of love for them, but looking yeah. at it this fashion, I, come on.
0: Yeah, I, I think at some point they'll hit a couple losses this season, but yeah. I don't think it's going to be enough to really take away from how good they've been so far this year uh, i mean surely coach of the year Dave already yeah already oh, yeah. got it got a lot oh, yeah.
1: in uh does danny dimes get a new deal you think no
0: you don't think he does whatever whatever, so, happens, well, whatever happens and what, whatever happens i don't think danny dimes is in a giants uniform next season okay uh last game for you falcons
1: bengals you Notice how Propo gets the Bengals on the running order every week because they're his team. <laughs> <laughs> notice that. I've noticed, just noticed that, Propo, after after three years. The Bengals are the bounce back win and looking good, but they certain things that are still not rolling. Yeah. The offensive line, much vaunted investment in the offensive line, borough still getting battered. The ground yeah. game can't get rolling. So they're another one of these teams sitting here at the 500 mark that we know are good. And we know have high upside, but they're at the crossroads right now. So yeah, are you on that?
0: I I think it's a bigger picture issue when, when you're Cincinnati and before last season, right. Cincinnati was playing teams just, just they weren't getting every team's best shot. And, Mm. and when, when you're on a successful team, um, Like when I was with the Patriots, even if we didn't win the Super um, we got everybody's best shot. We, we, we played with a target on our back. Mm -hmm. We understood that for us, it's just the jets, but for the jets, this is a big, big game for them Mm -hmm. or for us, it's just the Jaguars, but for the Jaguars, they're going to bring everything that they have in the tank. And that takes some getting used to. And for the Bengals, that's what I think they're, they're dealing with right now. They're not used to, well, they're starting to get used to getting everybody's best shot because they have a target on their back. Mm-hmm. They're the young, fun, high-flying team. Um, and not only do they have confidence in themselves, but the fans have confidence now. So right, expectation now, levels are different. Exactly. So now show. if you're an opposing team, it's not just the Cincinnati Bengals anymore. It's Joe Burrow. It's Jamar Chase. It's it's the AFC Championship Bengals. Mm. And I'm gonna bring everything I got. And and you have to learn how to play like that every single week if you're the
1: Bengals. Love that. All right, quick fire questions for you before we get out of dodge. So, uh, here's one from the guru, our our, uh, fantasy expert, the guru, James Sandrini. Uh, it's a goodie as well. Why does Belichick dominate opponent rookie quarterbacks? He's 13 zip at home, 21, six overall. Why is he so good against rookies?
0: Because he gives, he throws them things at defense. He throws things at them defensively that they haven't seen and that Mm. they're not prepared for. Um, that's, that's. As simple as I can put it, he's going to look at the tape, seeing the defenses that that rookie quarterback has played throughout the season. He's like, okay, I'm going to give him something a that he hasn't seen B, whatever he struggled with in those previous games. He's going to see that a lot. We're not going to make him we're not going to let a rookie quarterback feel comfortable. Um, Why would why would we do that? And we're gonna get after him. We're just gonna make his life absolutely miserable in every sense of the word.
1: <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I, God, I saw him do that to golf at the Super Bowl. When he, ran yeah. he was a rookie there, it was just <clears throat> head. Uh Matt, yeah. grass or turf?
0: He asks. Do you prefer playing on grass or turf? Grass. Oh, I hate turf. I hate every it. player, most players hate turf. I, I would say 99% of players hate playing on turf. Why? It doesn't give. Mm. Um, yeah, it's faster, right? Um, but there, there's no give and it's, it's tougher on your, it's tougher on your lower body, on your joints. It's tougher when you get tackled. Um, what it, about if you're playing at soldier field in December? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Okay. If the ground is frozen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Hey, the but turf freezes too. They That's have true. those little heating coils underneath the turf, but sometimes yeah. the heating coils don't really work. Yeah. Uh, regardless, I, I would much rather play on grass. You, they
1: are the old school AstroTurf that we used to play on when we were kids. Oh, now man. that is <laughs> that tennis shoes. that concrete with a bit of sand.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Playing days. football in tennis shoes, you already know something's <laughs> yeah. wrong.
1: Yeah. yeah. The last one for you. This is a fun one from Paso. Appreciate it, Passo. After a win on the road, we often hear the phrase, it'll be a good plane ride home. <laughs> It'd be interesting to hear from, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> hear from Shane. What uh, a good plane ride home. <laughs> <in system. laughs> and conversely, what a plane ride home is like after a tough loss. You were telling us some, some interesting stories about one of the NFL London games last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> remember,
0: right? Yeah. Uh, plane ride homes are better, obviously, because road games are tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you feel better about those wins because you went somewhere else and and beat them um, at, in their place of comfort. They're better because winning is better than losing. Um, they're also better because the, the, um, the vibe on the plane right at home yeah. is a lot, it's better, more relaxed and fun. There you go. <laughs> Very. Typically, typically you get a day off after, oh, okay. after a road win. Maybe. Have so a little, yeah. A so, relax. So, yeah. A little, yeah. You're, yeah, you're relaxed. Little, little yeah. You're, a little, there a you soft. go. <laughs>
1: were you able to sleep but i mean you must be beaten up so you sleep a lot of the people you were kind of headphones in chill kind of traveler yeah i couldn't
0: sleep after games so i couldn't i couldn't eat i couldn't sleep Mm. uh for a while after games just because the adrenaline is still going you're still so um most guy i would sleep on the plane ride to a game but Mm. on a play ride home i'm just wired Mm. and so i just find a good movie yeah you know and or then, a card, card game uh, rate, rate, I rate, rate the candy the, the candy cabinet that they have every plane has like a candy cabinet oh so what's I in the candy my, cabinet what you get oh, every, every type of king size candy you want amazing and so i go get me a couple twix a little reese's nice and then do you, you get know. a bag like a pick and mix bag and like you get to the cinema to <laughs> um yeah, i wish i wish no you just know where the cabinet is you go rate it and then you go yeah, to your seat it. watch yeah. your movie and relax nice. you know? it's a good times good yeah, time. yeah. Speaking of which it have been a pleasure chatting to you once
1: again man for the last hour the brilliant Shane Vereen, all prime member of the crew. He will be back very, very soon. What's next to you, man? Are you early doors where you are. At the time of recording, man. Be the first thing, yeah. In the for you.
0: I actually have, uh, I have college radio in twenty minutes, um, and then I have. uh I I have another radio show later this week, yeah. and then I'm off to San Francisco on Friday to do the uh, to cover college football for the Pac-12 studio show. The hardest working manager business. <laughs> Please. <laughs> loving your work, Shane. Great
1: to, to chat to you, man. Come see you soon. Thanks. Appreciate it, man. Lovely stuff from Shane. He'll be back very soon. I can guarantee that. If you haven't listened to our other pods so far this week, while well, there was the Monday show always. On a Monday with Iron Mike, it was a goodie as well, Carlson in vintage form. So go check that out. Shane and I talking about our, our DraftKings Listener League. Well, me and the guru, Sandrini, every Thursday, FFS. Uh, so we're dropping that tomorrow. Time recording and dropping Thursday, depending on where you're listening to this. Uh, all good fantasy stylings and profilings. And even if you're not into your fantasy, a lot of good football chat as well there. And then Prop O and I, Edge Rush back the comeback starts this week gang that is all i'm gonna say about it and leave it there nothing else so all of these shows rolling your way throughout the course of the week as they are all through the season four shows a week and some bonus ones coming your way soon as well so if you haven't already wherever you're listening to this if you just checked us out played the show haven't subscribed to us yet click subscribe you won't miss an episode there's a drop in and listen to the ones you want all of them none of them some of them that's your call at the nc show facebook instagram twitter and now tiktok shout out to the tiktok crew a man the crew running that for us we're up and running with that as well all kinds of video goes out on there so lots of goodness uh enough from me we'll see you for ffs next bye for now Podcast Network.